You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Well, hello, North Valley. It is so good to be back here at church and to share just a little bit with you. Um, uh, Ryan taking uh, a well-deserved weekend. I know he's been uh, hard at it. And I just want you to know how awesome it is. And, and I can I tell you, you guys have never looked better. I mean, I, fantastic. I'm looking out among this crowd of thousands of people, and uh, my goodness, you all look uh, terrific. Uh, there are several of you, though, that uh, guys put on your shirt, you know, it's really gross, so uh, it's just really good to be here, just giving you a hard time. Hey, the message today is um, uh, continuing in this series of Better Together, and, and today in particular, I believe, is radical, it's countercultural. It is the exact opposite of what you and I have been taught our entire lives. Uh, but God basically is saying to us today, this day, if you will do what I'm asking you to do, you will never again have to deal with loneliness. I, I, I really mean that. You'll be able to overcome some of those issues of weariness and fatigue and, and, and frustration and, and fear in some ways. This is a really counterculture message. I, I believe your life will be easier. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll just do it the way God planned it in the first place, how he put us together. And the narrative to all of these things is basically the concept of community. Uh, that's why Ryan did this whole series to talk about one of the most important things, and that is community. Literally, this is so true, literally, you and I are better together than we are apart. And, and this couldn't be more important in, in the midst of you know, COVID-19, in the midst of quarantine, in the midst of, of social distancing, this series, Better Together, is going to speak to all of us. I, I'm, I'm committed. And I think as Americans... We all love our independence. You know, our nation was founded on the Declaration of Independence, you know, and we love it. You know, this idea that I don't need anybody to tell me what to do or what life is all about. And I think that we've been taught what happiness is, that our happiness is the result of our independence, you know, if I'm financially independent, if I'm relationally independent, you know, if I'm independent in every way, then I'm going to be the happiest. Then I'm going to be the most fulfilled. And COVID-19 and this quarantine deal has revealed something about every one of us. You see, it's made us easier to be independent, uh, to, to be separate from people, to be hunkered down in our, our home. And what we found out, not just us as followers of Jesus, but everybody has found out that we really are not happier when we're all separated. We're really not more fulfilled when we're by ourselves hunkered down in our home. So believe me, this message today is a huge challenge because it flies in the face of everything that we're facing right now. I, I want you to notice something in the Bible. It says this in Romans chapter 12. Paul's talking. 2,000 years ago, basically, and he says, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, 
I love that passage, but here's another version of that very same passage. Since we are all one body, we belong to each other, and each of us needs the others. So wherever you are, you know, you're there on the couch, if you're in the kitchen, if you're in the car, what I'd like you to do right now, seriously, I know it sounds weird, and I know it's going to be awkward, but would you turn to the person who is next to you right now? Would you look them in the eye and say, you need me? Now go ahead and do it, please. You need me. And have the other person respond, you need me too. Because we do need each other. And we just don't realize how much we need each other because we're taught independence from day one. So let me give you a bigger idea. God wired you. God made you. He wired all of us in such a way that we can only fulfill his design for us if we live in community with other people, that we live in his family with other people. We live in relationship to each other. That's how we were designed from day one. So what I want to share with you today, this morning, is I simply want to share with you why community is so important and give you a couple of handles on what to do with that. And I'm talking about a deeper level than just a casual relationship. So first of all, let me give you my definition of community. It is a sense of fellowship. It is a sense of camaraderie. It's what the Bible calls koinonia with others. We share common attitudes, common interests, common goals. We have a similarity. We have an identity found in something other than ourselves, an identity found in Jesus Christ. That's that idea of community. It is the glue that holds us together. So here we go. We're better together, right? Let me give you a few reasons. Number one, we're better because it's better to walk with someone. I need others in my life to walk with me. In other words, I need people who are going to help me grow spiritually. This is what it says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6, and then uh, uh, verse 7 as well. Just as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, here it goes, so walk in him. Now, the Bible often calls your spiritual life your walk. Uh, it, it's sometimes called the Christian walk. Sometimes it's called the spiritual walk. Why? Because life has never been a sit-down thing. It is a journey. You are constantly growing. You are constantly moving. Your life is a journey. There is a destination to get to. And the Bible says that as you walk through this life, God wants you to do certain things that's going to make you better. Now, all through the Scripture, the Scripture tells us, particularly in the New Testament, we're to walk in the light. Uh, we're to walk in love. We're to walk in obedience. We're to walk in the Holy Spirit. We're to walk as Jesus walked. We're to walk in wisdom. So many, many ways the Bible tells us that our walk is important. But one of the important things the, that, that we take from all of this, and, and this is a, a place, you know, you need to write this down. I hope you have a pencil and paper, you know, kind of handy to write down little notes here. But here's the thing I'd like you to write down. God never intended for you to walk through life alone. 
He never intended you and I to walk through life alone, never. Now, let me make this really, really clear. This has nothing to do whether you're single or whether you're married. And and some of you are gonna say, you know, hey, what's wrong with walking alone? You know, I like to walk alone. In fact, I prefer to walk alone. You know, I get my own way when I walk alone. Well, hey, hey guys, that's part of the problem. You're not learning cooperation. You're not learning about relationships and you're not really learning about love the way God wants you and I to learn about love. God says, I want you to walk through this life with other people close in relationship to them. And there's a whole lot of reasons for that, but let me just share a couple of them. One, it's safer. When you walk through life with someone else, it is a safer thing to do. You know, you always heard the thing, there's safety in numbers. Well, there's something to that. It's a whole lot less risky. Uh, uh, Hey, come here. Have you ever had to walk through a dark alley at night alone? I hope not. But if you, if you have, you know how you want to have several people with you, you know, you know, you know, maybe you're all by yourself sometimes and you have this, oh my goodness, I wish somebody was around here to be with me. You know, I'll tell you what, just a casual walk through the streets of Portland or Seattle right now, you want to have other people from your tribe walking with you. That's true. But the second thing, it's not only just safer, it's also helpful. It keeps you and I from giving up when somebody's walking with you. You know, they help you to keep on going. Now, I may not look like it, but believe it or not, I've run three marathons, 26.2 miles. And, well, I run and walk, okay? I mean, be honest with you, (laughs) you know, run and walk. But I did it in about four hours each time. Uh, But one of the reasons I finished, oh, wait a minute, I got to tell you one of the real reasons I finished. The first one, I finished because you didn't get a t-shirt until you finished the whole thing. I wanted that t-shirt so bad. Really cool, long sleeve, that's another story. But actually, the reason I finished was because I had this dude named Troy meet me at the 20 mile marker. Now this guy was an Adonis. I mean, the guy was, was uh, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger, you know, the guy that had muscles and in and, and great shape. He met me at 20 miles. I'm about ready to give up. And he says, hey, I'll run the next 6.2 miles with you. And he did. And he talked to me the whole time. And, and it was because of him that I, that I finished. I was about ready to give up, but I didn't because somebody was running with me. That is so true. Maybe you've heard the Zambian proverb. That's right, from Africa, Zambian proverb. You've probably heard it, but you didn't know where it came from. When you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. I've experienced that in a marathon, but all of us who are in community understand that. We understand that we do better when we have somebody we're doing life with. It's true. Hey, let me give you a third thing. Number three, it is just smarter. You know, it's not only just safer and helpful and all that, it is smarter. You'll learn a whole lot more about life and about yourself when you go through life with somebody else. It's just true. Now, I'm not just talking about casual friends, okay? We all have got casual friends. You know, people that it's safe to ask, you know, hey, what do you think about that weather? 117 out there, right? Now, we can do that. You can talk to anybody. But you can talk to a rock about the weather, okay? I'm talking about people who are in deep commitment and fellowship with you. 
Uh, the Bible puts it this way in Proverbs 26. Only fools trust what they think alone is right. In other words, if I'm the one who's thinking it, guess what? I'm probably wrong. I need other people. It's a smarter thing to do. And so if you're just walking alone through life, you may be walking in the wrong direction because there's nobody there telling you, hey, 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 you're off track. There is safety. It's smart. It's supportive. It's, it's all those things. Now, I'm talking this morning, and as I'm talking this morning, we're thinking, wait a minute, man, we're all quarantined. You know, I don't have my mask on now, but I have it out there in the seats, okay? We're quarantined, we're social distancing, all those kind of things. So how am I in the world going to walk with someone together in the world that we're living in right now? Well, can I suggest something? While I'm talking, I'd like you to do this. God is going to bring people's names to your mind. People from church that you know, maybe even neighbors that you know, maybe family members that you know. Here's the deal. As God brings those names to your mind right now, would you jot them down? Jot them down right now. It may be one person, maybe two people. It's probably closer to six or eight people. And, And as I'm sharing this message, you know, boom, somebody's name pops into your mind. Write it down, okay? Because as you write this down, I'm going to give you a project of what you might be able to do with these people that'll help you walk together with them. One of the things that I said that, uh, that, is that you learn by going through life with a few close friends, okay? You, you know, in fact, you learn things that otherwise you might never, ever know. Uh, the reason I say that is because the number one goal in life is learning to love God. The number two goal in life is learning to love one another. You know, when Jesus was confronted and asked, what are the most important things? He said, love God and love others. So I want you to practice learning to love. Now, here's something just to think about. Did you know that when you walk with other people, (laughs) have you ever noticed that that people walk at different paces? I'm telling you, there are a lot of people in my neighborhood that are walking early in the morning, okay? Uh, before six o'clock, you know, that they're walking. And, and it's hilarious sometimes to walk, watch uh, husbands and wives as they're walking because often one is walking faster than the other one. Now, you know what I'm talking about? Because some of you have experienced this too. You know, we walk at different paces. And so you're either slowing down for one or you're speeding up with, with, with some. We have different styles of walking. We all walk at a different pace in life as well. So when you walk with others, you have to learn cooperation. And if you were to look at at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, it is not good for man to be alone. Remember, you know, God in this whole creation story, everything in the world is good. This is good, and this is good, and this is good. The very first thing that God said is not good is aloneness. That's not good. And so I'm going to create someone to be with you, Adam, because I want you to learn some things as well. Everything was perfect, but he says it's not good for man to be alone. I think God hates loneliness. I I do. God hates it. And you can bank on that for the rest of your life. 
So God created two groups right then and right there. He gave you and I a physical family, somebody that we're a family that we're born into. And that can be a good family, it can be a negative thing, it can be a positive thing. Hopefully it's a, it's a positive experience as you're growing up and so on. But he also gave us a spiritual family. The physical family that you grew up with and the spiritual family that you lived your life with. And the reason I'm saying it that way is because your physical family won't last. It, 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 it won't last. People die or people move or, or people's attitudes change. You and I need a spiritual family. And you know where our spiritual family is? It's the church. It's that local church. It's North Valley Community Church. Is your spiritual family who give a rip about you. And they give a rip about me. And they care about how we are walking with God. So you need that spiritual family. You need the church. And by the way, your spiritual family is going to last a whole lot longer than your physical one because it's going to go on forever and ever and ever. In fact, God's safety net is your spiritual family. I want you to notice in Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews says this, let us not give up the habit. In other words, this is something, okay, that you do all the habit. It's a habit. Don't give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. I need people to encourage me in my daily walk. And how do I do that? by meeting together. Now, that verse there, he's not talking about what we're doing right now. Did you know that? He's talking about community. And folks, you watching this on a Zoom call is not community. And even physically meeting in this building at North Valley, that's not community either. So where do we start? In this quarantine time in our life, where do we start? Do you know, have you ever heard of the expression pen pals? You know where the expression pen pals came from? Many people believe that it started through the postal service to encourage servicemen and servicewomen when they went off to war. They were separated from their families, and so people from around the country would write letters so that the people wouldn't experience loneliness even though they were separated from their family. And the people who led the way in that pen pile thing were churches. They wanted somehow in some way to walk with people who were separated. Well, remember that name that I asked you to think about? That name, or those names that would come to mind as I was preaching? I want you to decide today that you're going to become a pen pal with those people. You're going to find a circle of people in the church that you're just going to write to, or you're going to call, or you're going to text, or you're going to email, but somehow you're going to take the initiative to walk with someone in the church, the spiritual family that you're a part of. And you say to yourself, well, wait a minute. I just started coming to, to North Valley and I don't really know anybody. Well, you know a few people. You know me. You know Pastor Ryan. You know Josh. You know a whole lot of people, more people than you think you know. And so find that circle of people, those names that, that came to mind, at, or maybe even a circle within your own family 
that you begin to reach out to and that you write, you call, you text, you email, and you begin this idea of walking with someone almost like they did during the wars and became pen pals with people that they didn't know yet. But you know the great story of the pen pals? Many of those people, when they came back to the States after war, became very close, dear friends with those who had been writing to them. Why? Because they began to live life and walk the journey of life with people. When you do that, God glues you together with them. Now write this down. Community relieves loneliness. Community is God's answer to loneliness, and we need those few people in our lives that know us and that we know. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, it's talking about when we get together, it says this, when you gather, each one of you should be prepared with something useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight. Take your turn with no person taking over. That way, you all learn from each other. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Everybody be prepared. Now, here's the question. Does that sound like something that happens on Sunday morning when we're gathering physically together in our church here? Uh, does Pastor Ryan stop in the middle of the sermon and say, hey, does anybody have a poem they want to share? Does he stop in the middle of the sermon and say, hey, what happened to you this week? No. It doesn't happen while you're watching the message, and that doesn't happen even when we gather together. Sunday morning is not community. Sunday morning is a gathering. It's great. It's really important. But when you walk with someone, whether you walk through an email, a text, a phone call, whatever it might be, and eventually here in the next few weeks when we get together in smaller groups, that's where community happens. And that's the goal. So I want you to find those people, those names that are coming to mind, and, and more and more names are coming to your mind, even now. Write them all down. That's important. Okay. We're better together because I need people to walk through life with me. But let me give you another one. Are you ready for this? Write it down. We're better together because it's better to work with someone, not to work alone. And the Bible says, God put you on earth for certain things. And it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are all, talking about the body of Christ, talking about Christians, for we are all God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, before you were even born, God decided what talents you were going to get and what natural abilities and what gifts and what background and what experience, all that kind of stuff. He decided what country you'd be born in. He decided all these things because he has a certain thing that he wants to do through you in your life. And the Bible calls it your good works. And by the way, that's another name for ministry. Anytime you use your talents that God has given you to help other people, that's called ministry. That's called service. It's helping other people. But God doesn't want you to do it by yourself because you'll get worn out. You need other people to work with you. In fact, if you were to look in the Old Testament, one of the smartest dudes ever in the Old Testament was King Solomon. 
And he wrote Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes 4, he says this, two people are better than one. Turn to the person next to you, wherever you're sitting on the couch, turn to them and say, two people are better than one. Do that right now. Two people are better than one. Isn't that awkward? I'd do it anyway. Because they get more done by working together. And you and I, intuitively, we know that's true. God says, I want to use you. And I want to dispel a myth that many, many people have. I call that the Mother Teresa myth. It's this lone person going out there to save the world on their own. I just got to clarify something. You know that that is not what Mother Teresa did. I had the privilege of going to India five times, and each time I go there, I've gone to uh, Mother Teresa's home for the dying. I've also, you may not know this, but she established a whole lot of different homes. Uh, home for the dying is so that people could die with dignity, with somebody there caring for them. Uh, there's another home that she established called Home for the Infirmed. Those are people that have just got infirmities uh, 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 and handicaps and, uh, and, and, and so on, and they just need people to take care of them. She established all sorts of things. But if you know anything really about the history of Mother Teresa, she had an army of people behind her. Every time I would go to one of the homes that she established, there was an army of people, volunteers from all over the world that were there caring for people coming off the streets of Calcutta. You see, together, each of us make a difference when we work together. Not a big thing in life, but it's the things that really can make the impact. Maybe the reason that you and I get so exhausted when we're doing ministry is because we're not having anybody help us. So write this down on your outline. Community removes fatigue. Now, you'll still get tired. But when I'm talking about fatigue, I'm talking about that flat out, you've just been extracted. It's almost like somebody put a pipe into your bod and just sucked out the life. You know what I'm talking about? And when you're in community with people, God seems to remove that deep, deep fatigue. That's God's answer. Maybe have you ever seen on TV or uh, uh, maybe you saw, this was some time ago, there was a movie called Witness and, and it was basically about the Amish people. And, and, and maybe you've seen something like this, but in one day, this community gets together and they build a barn, okay? I mean, they build a stinking barn. I don't know if it's a stinking barn, but they build a barn. And, and they've got all these people and they build it and they put it all together and stuff. And at the end of the day, they got a barn. That's what happens when you work together. It's so true. Let me give you a third thing. You ready? We're better together because it's better when somebody watches your back. I need people who will watch my back, and so do you. I need people who will defend me, who will protect me, who will stand up for me when I need somebody to stand up for me. Somebody will help me stay on track. Somebody who will warn me. Somebody will watch out for me. I love this in Philippians chapter 2. Paul's talking and he says, look out for one another's interests, not just for your own or for the interests of others. Now that's a counter-cultural statement because in America, everybody says, it's all about me. It's all about my needs. It's all about my interests. It's all about my hurts. And the rest of you, forget it because it's all about me. 
No, 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 no. Philippians is clear. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I, 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 I love these things, by the way. Have you ever been driving around a neighborhood and you see a sign that says neighborhood watch? Maybe some of you are actually part of a neighborhood watch program, okay? Uh, it's a sign of community, believe it or not. It really is. <clears throat> it says people are watching out for one another in this community. We take care of each other. If you go on vacation, you know, the, uh, in, in the summertime, you're gone for a week, a couple of weeks, You've probably done this. You've told your neighbor, hey, I'm going to be gone for a little while. Would you look out for my stuff? You know, would you look out for my stuff? Because we all want our stuff looked out after. Keep an eye. But here's the question. Do you have anybody looking out for your soul? Because your soul is more important than your stuff. Is there anybody helping you out in your spiritual journey? Is anybody watching out for you? Making sure that you're still growing, making sure that you're not getting discouraged and depressed and, and feel like giving up. You see, all of us, all of us have blind spots. There are things in our lives that we can't see or we choose not to see that other people can see. I mean, I mean, if you have a taillight out, you're never going to know that unless somebody comes up and says, hey, 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 your taillight is out. If I'm up here preaching, <clears throat> hate to say it, but hey, I'll just say it, and, and, and I'm un, unzipped, or Pastor Ryan is, for goodness sakes, will you somebody wave their hands? You know, <laughs> it's crazy. We don't do that. I, oh, hey, come here, come here. I was sharing with a guy at McDonald's, you know, I was sharing ministry and I was, man, fantastic. It's the greatest thing in the world. You know, we had a, like a Big Mac, you know, and, 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 and I'm talking about a half hour after we finished, but I'm sitting in a booth and I look at my reflection in the glass at McDonald's and I have half of the Mac hanging from my beard. I've been talking to this guy for 30 minutes with half of the Mac hanging. Why didn't you tell me? You know, if I got spinach between, between my teeth, tell me, because I want somebody who's going to watch my back, and so do you. Here we go. I was going to go and talk about having a little booger hanging, you know, or something like that, but I didn't want to be gross, so no, never mind. I need brothers and sisters to watch out for me. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Christians ought to be taking care of Christians as well as others. But people in church especially need to take care of people. And that verse, if you look at the word keep, the word keep means be vigilant. Uh, vigilant. It, it means don't do it just once. You keep on doing it. During a time of war, everybody has to serve sentry duty at some point, where everybody else is asleep and somebody's watching out for you while you sleep. You know, guys, since 9-11, years ago, we've had to be more vigilant as a country about terrorists and other things. 
but we have a greater enemy that we need to be watching out for. The Bible calls him the evil one. Satan. The devil. And he doesn't care if he hurts you or hurts your friends, hurts your children, hurts your parents. Because ultimately he wants to hurt God and he can't hurt God. So he hurts everything else that God loves. You need someone watching your back. And that's why we need each other. Write this down. Community eliminates defeat. Community is God's great answer to defeat. Remember I was talking about Solomon. He says in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 10, if one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone, when they fall, are in real trouble. I need people to walk with me. I need people to work with me. And I need people to watch my back. Let me give you another one very quickly. It's better to cry with someone. What am I talking about? I need people who are going to be there during the inevitable crisis of life. When I'm waiting for bad news, when I'm weeping, when I've got bad news, I need people in my life. And I do think it's kind of ironic and interesting that I'd be preaching this message right here, right now. Because right now, it's Friday. You'll be watching this on Sunday, but it's Friday. And I called Josh maybe uh, two hours ago, and I said, I don't know if I can record or not today, because uh, my wife, Janet, just had a CT scan of her abdomen. She's been in a lot of pain. And so I was sitting there, and we're sitting there together after she had the scan, and the gal came out and said, we're just waiting for the radiologist to read it, because we don't know whether to send you to ER, send you home, or send you to your doctor. So in a moment later, she came out and said, we're sending you to ER because apparently Janet, right now, as I'm preaching to you, is in the midst of an appendicitis. I'll tell you, I feel very alone right now because I can't be with her. Because of COVID, I can't even be in the ER with her. She gets transferred <clears throat> to the hospital. I can't be with her. I have a friend uh, some time ago, his wife was going through a procedure and he was going through the same thing. He was a John C. Lincoln or he's at Honor Health and his wife was in the hospital. But you know what I did? I decided to drive to the parking lot and I sat with him in the parking lot because nobody wants to go through a crisis alone. You and I need someone to cry with. And that's why we're better together. People are coming to your mind right now. People that you want to cry with them because they're going through a crisis. Write their name down. Because we're better when we cry with someone. Write this down. Community reduces despair. Bible says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Or another way, rejoice with those who are rejoicing and cry with those who are crying.
Let me give you the last one. And this one, I'll just take a very, very brief time because Pastor Ryan actually shared with us during this series and talked about this very thing. We're better together because it's better and easier to make an impact in this world with someone with you. What does that mean? Well, I believe that God has this plan for our life, this purpose for our life, this mission for us. And he wants you and I to share our story, our journey with other people outside of our circle. And if you don't share your life message, it will never be shared. There are people that they've come to your mind and they're not people within the circle of our fellowship here, but they're in your mind right now and they need to hear about your life journey. And so I'm here and Ryan is here and Josh is here and the elders are here and North Valley is here to encourage you to do what God intended you to do all alone. All, all, uh, not all alone, but all along. And that is share your journey with other people. You know what the best way, by the way, in order to share Jesus with other people? Jesus said it in his own words in John chapter 13. He says, love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. The best way of sharing your life, your mission, your journey is when people see you loving other people. <laughs> it's right here. I'm not making this up. Look it up for yourself. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. God says that's the way people know that you're a follower of Jesus. Not because you tell people, hey, look at me, I'm a follower of Jesus. Not because they give a lot of money, no, look at me. It's how I love others. And it's like people look through the picket fence at your life and they say, man, wow. I wish I could be loved like that. I wish there was a place where people love on each other without hypocrisy. And there is. This local assembly here, North Valley Community Church, are we a perfect church? Of course not. But people aren't looking for perfect churches. They're looking for how does it work? How in the world does it work that you love him and here? Everybody just is glued together. And that is so foreign to the world. Oh, guys, you know me and you know I'm passionate about all these things. But community, write this down, destroys fear that keeps you and I from impacting the world. I have more boldness to share Christ. I have more boldness to love on others when I'm hanging with you and when you're hanging with me. So here's the deal. We're all done. We all need each other. This is how God designed us. We need other believers to walk with us. 
We need others to work with us. We need others to watch our back. We need others to cry with us. And we need others to help us impact the world for Jesus. Okay. Every one of you have probably got a long list of people. You got your assignment. Next to every name, you put down their phone number. Next to every name, you put down their email address. If you don't have it, find it. I'm going to pray for you right now. Gracious God, it's in Jesus' name that I lift up the entire church. Lord, may community happen in the middle of a quarantine. And may people be able to say, life is better when we do it together. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. And I look forward to when we can gather again as a church. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give today at northvalleychurch.org.